We're live on Ball Talk. Coming up shortly. Damn. Old stomping grounds. <laughs> Hank Patterson, fly fishing guide. Riley Smith, tight end. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, you wouldn't happen to be the kicker. No, tight end. Again, thank you. I'm looking for a kicker for Lithia Ford's fall kickoff sale. But you're not the kicker. No. Yeah. Now nah, the kicker's probably taller and in a lot better shape. So, okay. What uh, position do you play? Tight end. Squats. Yeah. Try it sometime. Hey, Forrest here, nothing like getting paid. And with ICCU's mobile app, I can deposit checks or accept Zelle payments so the money hits my account fast. I just wish there was an app for mowing the rest of these lawns. Get ready for the time of your life at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' newest destination for fun, featuring the world's biggest poolside tailgate party with three levels of action, six pools, and a 143-foot screen. The fun is always on deck with all the games all year long. Stadium Swim, located in downtown Las Vegas on Fremont Street. Book the time of your life today at CircaLasVegas.com. Paint.com is going all in this season with an all-star lineup. It's Coach Leon Rice and Andy Rowe. Oh, no. Want to just paint my house? When I want Boise State to win, I trust Coach Rice to lead the Broncos to victory. And when I want the best painting and garage floor coating, I trust RowPaint.com to get that job done right.
It's time for Ball Talk with Sanford and Johnny. From what's happening on the blue at Boise State to the Mountain West and beyond. The biggest storylines, the best guests, and most outlandish opinions from two dudes who eat, sleep, and breathe college football. Today's broadcast is coming from the Cutwater Spirits Can Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of pre-mixed premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Can Cocktails is perfect for your next game day tailgate party. Ball Talk with Sanford and Johnny, featuring former Boise State quarterback and longtime coach Mike Sanford and KTIK 95.3 FM, the tickets, Johnny Mallory on Bronco Nation News. 12, we appreciate everyone's patience for not having a ball talk last week, but we are ready to go like you have never believed an episode of ball talk is ready to go. Johnny ball game. Uh, thank you for joining us. Mike Sanford appreciates you. You got your nuggets gear, Joker number 15, the altitude, Mr. Denver nugget coach. I've been waiting all day for this long day for me, long day for you. These Mondays are marathons, but there's just too much to talk about. How you doing, coach? Hey, man, Johnny, when I watched that uh, the intro video, a couple things just st- stood out to me. First off, yeah. I got a little teary eyed, man. It, it's been a, it's been a journey. You know, this is this is my first media, like first thing that I've ever done was with you right here on Ball Talk and Bronco Nation News. And um, it's been such a fun journey. Um, I'm, I, I look forward to doing this every Monday night. Uh, and the second thing that came to my mind is, you know, that, that glorious shot of you shirtless jumping into the circuit pool. Oh, I wish I, I, I could go back and do that right now. Coach. Uh, no doubt. Don't we all, I think oh. everybody in, in the Bronco, uh, football community, every one of us fans, coaches, players, we'd love to jump into a pool at circuit right now. If, but if we, if we ever get to Vegas, coach, we need to reenact that video you oh, and me no together. Hey, I, and, and the, the thing it really brought up for me, Johnny, is there it is. Oh, man. So, Johnny. Yeah. Right now, okay, in your current form, are you looking as good as that video right now? Better. Better. What? Coach. Slim down. Yeah. I, I have less of the belly. I still got my package here, coach. Let's so go. I'm ready to go. I'm sporting in honor of your boy, Ryan. RD, baby. The With the wolf regular eyes. season in CFL history. He wins this week. He's in his third consecutive Grey Cup. I'm wearing my Condridge Holloway Toronto Argonauts throwback. Maybe old school folks remember Condridge Holloway, the Tennessee volunteer quarterback the first african-american quarterback in sec history coach condridge holloway toronto argos hey that is some legit jersey swag right there you are dripping <laughs> onto the set of ball talk from live from oh. the water studio baby let's um, go but, rd before but, we hey, jump in I, yeah go for real, it real quick before we get into that man you know i'm gonna have a chance to see you in person man so I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be checking to see if you got the abs working, man. Cause you you just talked up a pretty big game, so I'm excited to see the status of Johnny Ball game. Ugh. And uh, Amarine are coming. We're coming to town, man. We get to hang out. We get to kick it this weekend, which I cannot tell you how excited I am. And I know the circumstances around 
you know, everything that's going on with the Boise State program, especially today with the with the news of Eric McAllister entering the transfer portal, uh, you know, a challenging win against Fresno State. All that stuff aside, I just can't tell you how excited I am to to go to a game on the blue, see all my friends, um, just from the community of Boise. It's just going to be a great time. We we are so excited, and it's honestly, be a blast. Mo mommy and daddy need a break from the kids. Let's do some housekeeping uh, quickly on on ball talk. Um, Saturday from four o'clock to five thirty at the James. It's going to be the first annual Bronco Nation News Coaches Meet and Greet. Mike Sanford will be at the James that time, as will former coach Kent Riddle, some other foot players as well, some ex-players. I think Corey Hall, I heard his name, a Boise State Hall of Famer and a former Sanford teammate. That could get interesting. You get Hall and the Sandman in the same room. Who knows where the night is going to take you? And a few libations, possibly. I, I don't know. I mean, I went 75 days without a libation, so I think Mommy and mommy and Daddy are ready to, to have a good time in Boise and, and paint the town orange and blue so let's see fun. you four o'clock to 5 30 it's a game day so cruise on over to the james coach sanford doing a little meet and greet there you'll see you might see coach a few times that day so that's going to be a fun one all right there's obviously the McAllister stuff and the transfer portal coming and the news that BJ and Bronco Nation News broke this morning. We will get there. So comment, question, uh, and, and Coach is going to go into it very, very deep, and I can't wait to hear that. But first, Coach, I want to get your thoughts on the loss to Fresno. Another game that you can easily look and say, well, they could have won. Maybe you could say, oh, they should have won. But, Coach, they didn't win when you studied the tape on that maybe when you watched the game live what was kind of going through your head that was a game that they probably could have won huh? yeah and, and it was a it was a ruckus atmosphere you know at, in fresno um it was probably the, the most full i've seen that stadium in, in quite some time um you know and i thought for the most part you know i think i think boise state's offense you know handled you know at least had some poise in the noise. I think there was um, George Halani looked fantastic. I think the absence of Ashton Genty was was a big significant part of just not having that that explosive playmaker that's shown up so often. Um, but really, you know, I think the storyline of this game for me was while each phase of the Boise State football team had bright moments like it wasn't like it was just a, a bad offensive performance or a bad defensive for, for performance and even on special teams um you know the fake punt uh jfr who is quickly becoming my favorite bronco i need a jfr jersey yes uh, but the fake punt and him dropping a dime aussie style was was so cool to see but you know the storyline for me was that at the end of the day in what really proved to be a, a championship game because really the winner of that of that game in Fresno between Boise state and Fresno state was going to be in the, to play air force, you know, in the conference title. Um, and each phase got outplayed by Fresno state offense, defense, and special teams um, it, it, at the end of the day. And I'm not talking about yards. I'm not talking about yards given up, but just execution in critical moments. Um, Boise state defense need to get off the field. Um, and instead Fresno state busts a, what a 60 yard touchdown run, what needs to be a, a stop and get off the field and let the offense get back out there. And now it's a 10 point ball game. Um, you know, it, it just, it wasn't, uh, the, the critical execution that you need in all three phases to win a game that really 
tr- it truly proved to be what I think is going to be that number two spot in the Mountain West Conference title um, game. And uh, Fresno State deserved it. That's that's the bottom line. Tough pill to swallow, um, but they deserved it. And we find ourselves in a spot where it, it's a must win every single time that we take the field these next three weeks. It feels to me like a lot of the fans, and I'll just speak from from my listeners on Idaho Sports Talk, feels like a lot of them, the last thing they, they even want to talk about is, hey, we st- we got to win out. Then we can get to a, some type of bowl game. We can save this. It feels like for the fans, there's no saving this season. I know the coaches and the players feel differently, and they have to. Are you noticing, is it the same problems every single week, and how maddening is that for coaching staffs when it is the same issues every week, or are some problems being fixed and other problems beginning. So it's just like, you know, you got a leak and you plug this area of the leak and then another leak happens. So you're plugging this and you just find out with your football team coach, it's just a constant plugging of leaks and fixing issues. And if you get one fixed, another one's going to pop open. What are you noticing collectively? Is this team in nine games in, you got a sample size now. Is it repetitive or they knew what's your assessment there? You know, I think the one consistent piece has been this team has been in just outside of the Washington and Wyoming and South Dakota games. So you're looking at six games have come down to one possession. Um, and, and you've won one of those games, um, if I'm not mistaken. Who would that that'd be against San Jose State? Um, and, yep. and, and that's the one consistent theme this season for this team is ultimately being one in four in one possession games. And that's why we find ourselves where we are right now. And I think it's some of it is execution. Some of it is, I talked about in week two or three about the killer instinct guys. I think we've seen more of those players emerge. Um, This isn't for a lack of effort. This isn't for a lack of passion on the behalf of, of these players. It's just in those critical moments or the moments that lead to the critical moments, we haven't had our best when our best was needed. And, uh, and that's where we find ourselves right now. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a really interesting year for me as a first time, you know, fan only, like I'm not, I'm not a coach of any college football team. Um, and this has been a strange year to be very candid, um, with regards to just this team and watching the, the, what I believe to be a top level talent, um, in the conference. And, and I think that's going to play out with this transfer portal stuff. And I hate to say it, but that's the reality uh, of college football nowadays. I think there, there, there are power five players on this roster. Um, but for whatever reason, um, you know, the parts individually um, are, are, aren't really come to, coming together to make a really powerful, potent, finishing win games, sum of all parts. Uh, and that'd be the, the storyline for me of this season is particularly those one in four uh, that one and four record in those in those one possession games. Yeah, at some point you don't get to sit there and say, "Hey, we're we're close. It's gonna pop at some point. We're right there." So few coaches, and you know this in this profession, you don't get time for it to pop. The hey, we're so young excuse might work for a few weeks. It's tough for that to work for an entire season, especially when you're coming off years that were below the standards of the program that hired you, standards that you helped set. I mean, it's a tough season for for everybody involved with Boise State. Even Mike Sanford's having a tough year. I mean, you're waking up, you're thinking, oh, man, Boise State. I mean, it, 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 it pisses you off when they lose just as a fan. And you have so many people you love that are still involved with this program, one of them being being Bush Hamden. And I'm a big Bush Hamden fan. I, I, I've said that all year. 
I think I, I don't know what's going on with quarterback. That aside, uh, the numbers are there on paper. The offense, yeah, he, out, he outgained Fresno. He, he's outgained most of his opponents this year. He did it without Ashton Genty. I thought Bush is doing a fine job, but you know, when he says out of respect to Talon, he's going to start, even though everybody knows because the plays are scripted that Maddox is going to come in on second down. Apparently, according to Bush, Talon knew that. Do you get where he's coming from saying that's out of respect? Because you can flip that and say it's almost disrespectful to say you're going to start, but hey, you are coming out after the first play. Well, a quick reminder is that I'm not in the meeting rooms. Um, I don't have any conversations about what's going on on the inside within those four walls of, of that tremendous facility there at Boise State. Um, so I don't, I don't know all the dynamics that are going into every decision that's made relative to the quarterback position, but as a fan, um, as a former coach, you know, it is puzzling, um, you know, with regards to, you know, where are we at? Like is, is Maddox Madsen, is he, is he the quarterback that, 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 that we believe is going to win these next three games, put us in a potentially a, a spot to be able to be back in the mountain West, um, you know, title picture, I don't know. Um, you know, Talon, it sounds like the opening play, listening to the press conference that, that Talon was in for was a mid-zone read. So typically that's a, um, you read the three technique and then you do run between the tackles if the three technique pursues the outside zone uh, handoff. Um, at the mesh, you make that decision and ultimately it, it, the read lent itself to being a handoff. And then all of a sudden here comes Maddox and um, the amount of snaps that he got were clearly uh, a lot higher than Talon Green. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah. I can't quite figure it all out. Um, but once again, I'm not there. I'm not in the, in the facility. I'm not in the That's meeting fair. rooms. I'm not yeah. at practice. I don't That's watch fair. the film, like watching TV mm-hmm. versions of, of film, which is what I watch. Yeah, uh, yeah. you don't, you don't yeah. see all 22. You can't make rational decisions. But one thing that I think I can see, and we all can see is that since this has gone the back and forth, you know, two quarterback situ- situation, uh, we've lacked an identity um, of just who's the finisher, who's yeah. who's our starter, um, who's our quarterback. Like I know that's such a simple thing to say, but you know I think teams. There's a couple teams that are dabbling with it. UCLA being one of them, and even watching their game against Arizona, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, man, who's UCLA's quarterback? Like mm-hmm. they keep rotating, you know, Garbers in and out, and number nine comes in. I'm like, man, more the the freshman sensation. Well, yeah. no, he he's not even a part of that anymore. Okay, uh, he's, no, he's, no he's, pun he's intended. Because he he threw pick sixes in three consecutive games, which is not usually a, a great formula. Um, but but you know I'm seeing several teams do this, and I just I, I it might come alive in in fits and starts. But looking at it holistically now, over really since the UCF game, I think that's the first time we saw the sprinkling of Maddox Madsen's in must in must pass situations. Man, I I just I'm struggling because you, you think about it this way, right? Uh, the message was sent to Talon early in the season um, in the UCF game. We need to pass to win this game, so we're going to put Maddox Madsen in. What does that do yeah. to to his confidence? We've already discussed that on Ball Talk, but then even more now that you're putting Maddox Maddox Madsen in those situations and you put him in against Fresno State in in what became must pass football for a good chunk of that second half and he doesn't perform well, 
you know, and then, and then it becomes even more kind of head scratching as opposed to if you do play one quarterback the entire time and you just live and die and ride or die with that quarterback and you develop it around their skill set, then I think it's a little bit more easy to maybe fix the problems. But right now, that's what I see is the challenge is fixing the problem is we've labeled Maddox as as our passing quarterback. But then, you know, there were four, five, six, seven passes that very easily could have been picked off. Like that's a reality. Um, and, and it, DBs it's not can't like, catch, you know that. Yeah, but some of them can. <laughs> and when they do, it sucks if you're an offensive coordinator. Um, and, and so, and so that's where we find ourselves right now is like, okay, so when Maddox Madsen's not throwing the ball, well, then do you put Talon back in? You've already told him essentially by this decision that, that the, the passer is Maddox Madsen. Um, and so uh, it, it's just a, it's a precarious situation to be in, to say the least. You know, you're giving me uh, your boy. Um, what's the name? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Sorry. You're giving me coach Kingsbury flashbacks on this of the 2020 NFL draft in your spread right now. That's a nice house you're set up with. Let me go back there, coach. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, Cliff, you remember Cliff Kingsbury's pad in the 2020 draft? Yeah, when all he, he had a seven million dollar pool that looked out over Los Angeles or wherever he was at, or, or I think it was Phoenix. No, that was that was um, yeah, no, you're right, over Phoenix. But then uh, I think it was McVeigh had one as well. They were like had oh. dueling ex insane houses. I my backdrop is Christmas lights that Anne Marie decided to hang up in early November, which. Oh. I personally am struggling with because can I at least enjoy the, the month of, of November and the Thanksgiving yeah. festivities? So I did, I was able to keep one inflatable Thanksgiving item up uh, in our yard. So uh, that's all I got. The whole house is completely decked out for Christmas already. Yeah, We're one of those nine days away. Don't think, yeah. I don't know how many days away we are from Christmas. <laughs> Your kids. I mean, you can't, when you're a kid, the way you count down Christmas, absolutely. You hear about that every day. All right, coach. Um, let's get to our Bronco Brew Coffee mic drop. Coach, I think we probably know where you're going here tonight. Bronco Brew Coffee, you can talk about them in a second as well. But first, have at it, the mic drop. Bronco Brew Coffee will be, uh, I think we're going to be handing out some Bronco Brew Coffee uh, from the tailgate. So we'll give you some more information on socials. I appreciate their partnership uh, in sponsoring the mic drop. Great uh, NIL shocking, which is going to be my topic for the mic drop tonight. Um, so everybody obviously is having the debate. It's it's happening right now at Jake Jake Dickard at Washington State, who's lost five consecutive ball games, um, and it's happening right now in Boise, Idaho, with Eric McAllister announcing his intentions to join uh, enter the transfer portal in December. Um, you know, did so with three games remaining. One of the most targeted receivers in the country, nineteen targets this past weekend is was the lead in all of college football. So this clearly wasn't an issue of playing time, of utilization and in the offense. Eric Emac has been the go-to receiver in just about every situation, either when this offense is, is wanting to create an explosive play, ball was in the air to number 80. Or if it was third down, you felt like number 80 was going to be somewhere near uh, the design of the play. So Emac is in the portal. So it brings up my next point is – the current state of college football here in 2023. First off, I want to say a big screw you to the year of 2020 for changing college football forever by allowing unlimited transfer, 
uh, portal entries and a one-time transfer exempt exemption for all undergraduate, non-graduated student athletes to be able to choose their Division One FBS program to transfer to. I also uh, the NIL space, right? It's essentially it, it it's it's good for the athlete uh, from the perspective of being able to make money like Caleb Williams is, like Shadur Sanders is on commercials. And I think that was the intent of NIL. However, the underbelly of college football, that mean, gross underbelly of college football, where cheating has been rampant for years and years and years, particularly in the conference we call the Southeast Conference. The NCAA did not want to investigate, did not want to take down the big power names in the SEC. And there are other conferences and other programs as well that partook in the illegal activity. So they just called all of it NIL. So now money is just dominating the sport at every level. And I think the original intent of NIL, commercials, let's go, let's ride. But backdoor deals, tampering with recruits, recruits, you know, uh, finding out while they're playing that. And I, and I say current student athletes at division one FBS four-year institutions, they are all now recruits. So I don't use that term incorrectly. Every player on the Boise state roster with production is a recruit, but that's not just happening at Boise state. That's happening all over the country. So where I want to challenge the paradigm, the mindset of the Boise state fan base and the Boise state program is that this is not going away. So what do we do? You embrace it. Do you, do you just give every last cent, uh, in your 401k to, to Boise state's NIL collective? No, you don't, but you have realistic expectations with regards to your, the fact that your roster will be tampered with. You can, you can fight, you can scream, you can go before a press conference, you can get fat Twitter fingers and complain Trent about Dilfer. it. It isn't going away. It's not going away. So what do you do? You make your experience for that student athlete at Boise State the absolute best experience. And that's all across the board. That's NIL opportunities, certainly, with local businesses, local car dealerships. Of course, that's part of it. But these players do not want to enter the portal. If they're at a place like Boise State, which in my opinion is near the top of group of five with regards to the, the, the giving in the program, the financial opportunities that are available to Boise State, you are the NFL team in Boise, Idaho, in the state of Idaho. I, I know, Johnny, you think that the Idaho Vandals are, but I'm sorry, they're not, and they never will be. And I love what they're doing up there. <laughs> But to that, I say this, we need to understand the, the recent as, aspect of college football. We need to embrace it. And as a program, and that goes all the way from athletic director, head coach, assistant coaches, support staff, teammates, and then the fan base, we have to do whatever we can at each one of those spots to make sure that these student athletes love their time at Boise State love every moment of their time at Boise state. And if you think that uh, teams across the country are just, just standing by and just waiting to see if their players enter the portal, you're crazy. When I was the interim head coach at CU, knowing full well that the odds of me getting the full-time job were not that great. I met with players on a weekly basis. 
I met with the entire roster after our final game to see exactly where their headspace was. But it wasn't the first time I had done that. I did that continually to have that dialogue, to see where they're at. Like, is, is it a desire to get closer to home? Is it a desire, um, you know, to, to, to maybe make some NIL money? Well, let's see, maybe we can arrange something or have the people that do that for a living in these collectives arrange something. But I think that that relationship piece is the most important part of this new world of transfer portal and NIL and Boise state. We have to accept it. We're not changing it. Nothing that we say or do on Twitter, nothing we say or do in, in a, in a press conference is going to change a thing. The portal is here to stay. NIL is here to stay. And that's why I am in Colorado doing media. And that's my mic drop. (laughs) Classic. That's a legendary mic drop, Coach Sanford. And I'll even excuse the little uh, the little shot at my Vandals who are uh, what 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 is it seven and two going into the next week? There you go, Jason X. Shout out there. Um, You know you know you know our nickname for for the Vandals has been for I think forty years internally. Dav is it damn ass Vandal? Dav baby. Yeah, damn it, it's ass the, vandals. No, it's 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 the dog ass vandals. Dog ass vandals. Dog ass vandals. Oh, <laughs> you get um, to your you get to get your uh your kind of Seattle uh your your UW Husky bark and your your vandal love too, man. Been really nice. Been really nice seeing what Kalen DeBoer is doing with. I, hey, what did I say on this? What did I youth. say on this very program? You you remember uh, week two, I believe. You said that. Washington last year was the best team that you faced while head coach at Colorado and you faced USC and you faced Oregon and you faced Utah and you said what they do in Seattle, Ryan Grubb, uh, Kalen DeBoer, Michael Penix, that was the best team in the league and here you know they're 9-0. What else did I say with regards to if this was going to be the best team that Boise State has seen in a decade? Wow, he said that. Was that was that hey, just, yeah. just real quick, Johnny? Was I right? It's going in that direction. I mean, the dogs play Utah this week. That's not going to be easy, but yeah, that's looking at that's the best team Boise State has played since. N- name a team. Did they ever play one of the really, really dominant Oregon teams that that no, no. They caught Oregon at nice and good times. They did. Um, but they still won. Uh no, I, I that's a good question. You guys comment. Biggest win since when? I'm sorry, the biggest, the best opponent since when on the Boise State schedule. Here's where I want to go with the Eric McAllister news reported by BJ Reigns. Um, but first, I want to give you an opportunity to tell everybody if they want to help and they really want to do this and they love coffee, Bronco Brew Coffee can check all those boxes, Coach. Sorry, Coach. One more time. I was I was scrolling through the comments there, Johnny Bogan. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Uh, this is when I come on and tell you to plug Bronco. Oh man, coffee and yeah. tell them that they can give money to the students and get their yes. coffee fixed. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, man. Uh, you know, like you said, Mondays, man, a big day in the in the radio world. I, I had a couple hours with the chest cold. So, Bronco Brew Coffee supporting Boise State University athletics with every sip. The Sanford family have become loyal weekly purchasers of the Bronco Brew Coffee. We're on a strip subscription. You have your own portal, pun intended. Maybe a little out of line right now. But you have your own portal where you can designate what player, what team, or players get a chunk of that weekly subscription. 
Now, the thing about coffee, we all go to Starbucks. We all go to uh, Dutch Bros, right? Especially in Boise, you go to the drive-thru at Dutch Bros. And you drop a cool nine bucks a day, right? Yeah. Well, with coffee, you're going to spend it. If you're a coffee guy, Johnny, you a coffee guy? Uh, occasionally. More of an energy drink, but I love Bronco Brew Coffee. Oh, not, coach. Not, not, a, not a real Seattle guy. Not a real Northwest guy. Because if you were, you would drink 17 cups a day like I do. And I drink this Bronco Brew Coffee every morning. And the proceeds go to Boise State athletes. Pick your team. Pick your athlete. Sign up now. And if you don't, we'll continue to lose players. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, my question Eric McAllister, he's 12th in America in receiving yards. Um, I saw as, as a sophomore, only one sophomore in America has had more targets than him. So of his age, of his class, only one receiver has got more balls thrown to him this year than Eric McAllister. Coach, you know this. The number one objective for these kids, get me to the NFL. Get me to the NFL. I think a lot of these kids, if you told them in advance, you're going to lose every college game you play, but you're going to go to the NFL. I think kids would sign up for that. I think it's that big of a deal now. Eric McAllister, as a sophomore, well on his way to becoming the next Boise State player drafted at that position since Khalil Shakir. Not this year, maybe next year, maybe the following year looking at his eligibility, but wasn't he on the course I mean, you've had conversations where people have came into your office and said, coach, I'm out. Here's why. A, B, C, and D. I'm not happy. All this. Eric McAllister, to me, real, this stands out because Emac was getting the numbers. Most times people transfer, they, they, they're not getting their touches, coach. You lied to me. I'm not getting the ball. Emac, not the case. 19 targets? That's a receiver's dream. Why is he in the portal where he's going to risk all of that and knowing where if he stays here, he's probably going to lead the Mountain West in targets the next year or two? Explain. You just made a tremendous case for I don't understand why because he already is settled in and fit into a system where he's targeted extremely well. My just inclination is there's more to the story. And, and, I, and we, and we get speculate on it. I know that's our job. I, I'm still learning that Johnny about like how to, you know, come up with theories and rumors. And I, I don't like that side of all of this. Um, but I will say there's more to this story, uh, because it's not for a lack of targets and it's not for a lack of, of having teammates and friends on this team that he really loves and cares about. Like just even following, you know, on Instagram and on their socials, you know, just the relationships between Ashton Genty, Taylor green, Emac, like there it, it's real. So, uh, I, you know, I think anybody who's out there that says like he quit on his team, um, you know, he, he doesn't care about this place or he's a non-competitor. You're wrong. Like this, this is the new college football and this happens all over the place. And until some of these athletes come out and tell their versions of the story, we can't, we don't know the yeah. why, yeah. Um, you know, and I, certainly part of it is probably a tampering situation, but guess what? That's happening everywhere. And it's not unique to Boise state. And it's not even unique to group of five, you know, I mean, Washington state, who's really going forward as a glorified group of five. We'll see what that ends up looking like. Yeah. But, but it's, it was happening at CU. Like I had, 
a, a wide receiver, um, and I won't say his name, but like who pulled out his DMs and showed me all the different people that were were talking to him from other schools, coaches, players, and but with just every fans yeah. boosters. And, and a lot of it, a lot of it's going through um, high school seven on seven coaches, their trainers in their hometowns, um, so that there's not a, a quote unquote paper trail. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's the it's the seven on sevenization of college football and it's happening. Yeah, dude, really seven on seven of college football or of, of high school football became the new AAU AAU and of basketball. It's totally it's exactly the same thing. And, and there's, there's, there's people that have their hand out that are on the take that want a piece of the pie. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and the thing about these NIL deals um, some of them are, are like, are, are set where every player on the roster gets whatever, $20,000 for that, that year. Um, but a lot of them, it's all, you know, it's, it's very ambiguous as to how they're going to get this money, where this money is going to be coming from, okay. and are they going to make good on this money in, in yeah. so far as a PAC 12 team that we competed against last year had a player who was injured for the better part of the season what would I end up finding out about that particular player was that he wasn't got, he didn't receive all of the NIL money that was promised to him. Right. So this is there, there's both sides of all this and it's a, it's an ugly world. It's a, it is the, it is the, the disgusting underworld of college football. Um, it, but it's happening everywhere and it's yeah. happening to a ton of student athletes. It's happening in Fresno state right now, Fresno state, that running back that scored it out and busted, 60 yard touchdown run to seal the game. Essentially, like you don't think that people are sliding in, into his DMS after they saw that highlight and his speed in the open field, dude, it's happening everywhere. Johnny. So Ashton Genty, I mean, when you even think about that, um, and maybe we'll get there in a second. I, I wanted to stay on one thing with my, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know real quick. I don't know. Um, you know how people in high demand, a lot of head coaches, you know, you give them a phone call and on their Apple phone, you, you, it rings through. And then all of a sudden you get the, the, this voicemail is full and is no longer receiving <laughs> messages. Yeah. That's probably what Ashton Genty's inbox looks like right now on whatever, you know, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, whether it's TikTok, Snapchat, like all of his, his inboxes are full and cannot receive any messages because I think they're probably investigating how many different messages are going to one human because the value on that young man is wow. out of control. Seven Out figs, coach. I mean, you know, yes. you know, the. I mean, yes. someone, someone easily will pay a million dollars a year for Ashton Genty's services. Yes. Yeah. And it's a one year deal, right? Yep. I think he's, yep. he's going to, he's going to go to the NFL after his junior year. And, and frankly, um, I, I would used to say, you know, back in the day, I'd say I'll play all four years, but at that position, you got to strike, strike while the iron's hot. You got to get paid in college now if you're a great running back because you know the money won't necessarily be there in the league. You need to get your money in college it's crazy even to think but that's the world that we're living in and and, and back to McAllister real quick because <laughs> what fine gentleman Harold Bolzak um said so Boise State <laughs> is a farm club now I suppose Harold yeah I, I could even maybe no. call you by your nickname Harry I would say this I would say that every school is a farm system unless you're Alabama Georgia Hmm. Yeah. Oregon? I oh. mean, I, they all are. That's yeah. college football. It's not Boise State. It's not Group of Five. It's not Mountain West. Everybody is available all the time. 
And especially if you haven't used your one-time transfer exemption. I think there's something too, coach. I mean, maybe it's also with, with McAllister and I mean, if, if Eric McAllister, as far as I know, has little to no NIL deals, like he was passed over on the NIL TG 10's got the truck. Ashton's got a car. All know, we all know about that. I haven't heard Emac having much of this. And, And if you read his story on BNN, um, there's a story about him growing up, didn't have the easiest life. Certainly was not born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Maybe Eric McAllister is in the position where, say, it's $300,000 coming from, say, TCU, three hundred grand. Even if you're not going to get the targets and the numbers, whatnot, at Boise State, it's still worth the risk to you to get that money and have some type of financial family nest egg. I mean, that comes into play now. And it's not because he doesn't want to compete. It's not because he he's not a real part of the brotherhood. Dude, he needs to help his family there. And I'm not saying that's even the reason, but I'm trying to come to conclusions as to why. Maybe he hates the coach. Maybe he hates the cold. I don't know. Or maybe they're offering money that Boise State won't. So he has to leave in that regard. So, and I think that's, that's in play as well. And I will say this too, coach, I might be surprised if Ashton Genty carries the ball one more time for Boise state at this point, at this point, you're just going to shut it down. Right. And I mean, come on, I, I, I I can't see it. I think Halani gets, I mean, does that happen? I mean, would a coach, would a player come to you and say, coach, this and this and that, I, I don't want you to play me anymore. What would you give the what would you give the percentages that Ashton Genty is wearing a Boise State uniform in 2024? Uh 5%. And that's what? because somehow, some way they can put like a half a million bucks in his account and do something there, coach. Maybe like a half mil, because same premise with Emac. Ashton Genty will have anything he wants. He's going to go to the NFL and he's he should be comfortable here. Doesn't have to compete for the gig. He's not going to play higher level competition, all that stuff, right? It makes sense. But yeah. no, I think there's just going to be too much money. And I think the allure of Texas and big time college football, and I don't blame them. It would be, you know, it would be hard for me to say no as well. What would you say the percentage on Taylor and Green being back? No way. I mean, if Mad Dog leaves. Okay, if Mad Dog, why would Mad Dog leave? Right, he thinks this is his gig, and he's a freshman. He's totally happy, so he probably won't. It would have to be if Mad Dog leaves, then TG Ten's like. But still, is TG Ten gonna believe anybody when they say you're QB one? It's your team. It's your offense. We're building this thing around you. No, he's not gonna buy that. TG Ten for me, he's gone December fourth. I don't think he plays in a bowl game, even if they get to one. You know how that goes now, Coach. Nobody's playing in bowl games anymore. If you're in the portal or you're going to the portal, you have to get to the portal as soon as possible. You can't fart around with the barstool bowl, right? I mean, yeah. so yeah, I would be shocked if those guys are back. But hey, maybe it's not too late to get the money and, and to do what these other schools are doing. Coach? This is this is a really well thought out and just really well written post by Dana Strong to each their own. This version of college football is not going to be very interesting to me anymore. Yeah. I understand others liking it, I guess, but it is not for me. And to that, I would say this, Dana, um, I, you know, I finished up last season at CU with a, almost the identical sentiments. I, I felt very similar just about the state of college football. Until I sat down for my first college football Saturday and I couldn't get enough of it. 
as I knew all of it was so flawed and it was so dirty. I knew there's so like, I lived the underbelly of college football and it was, it was awful, but man, it's you were so watching to watch. Dion too, the worst, right? You're at the sleaziest, skeeziest, scuzziest, dirtiest NIL look at us program. And you're still digging it. Yeah, I, I think it's just, it's, it's at the end of you're, you're trying to get me, dude. And I'm not, you know, you're trying to get me, you're trying to get me in a moment of uh, vulnerability. Um, I, I, Hey, listen, I, I still root for the buffs, man. Um, but I will say this is, is that eyeballs are still going to consume this. And that's what all of this is about. It is all about eyeballs on TV screens. And that is what drives and actually makes the decisions for college football. And it's not going away anytime soon, all of this, but we're, at least I am. And I know I'm a college football lifer. I grew up in it, but as much of, as all this stuff's happening, as much as the rosters are different every year, you're like, man, what about the guy I rooted for two years ago? Where's he at again? Yeah, I mean, right. that's college football now. Is but he, uh, he's a fourth year freshman. Okay. All right. All right. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and you still turn it on on Saturday and it's still freaking magical as much as I hate it. I freaking can't stand it. And it's still uh, freaking magical because of the uniforms, the traditions, the rivalries, the games, the, the, you're going to coach again. I can tell get out of here, you're, you're going to coach again. You Don't can't, you. you can't stop it. You're going to coach again. Hey, ball talk, Sanford and Johnny. We'll catch you in 90 seconds. Bronco nation news is sponsored by Tommy Alquist and ball ventures. Alquist, Idaho's premier commercial real estate development company. BVA projects specialize in office, retail, flex, medical, and industrial spaces located at some of the most strategic and visible locations in the Valley. Need a developer? Looking for new space? Think BVA. At BVA, we are Idaho's developer. The Nicolaisen family and SON management have proudly been operating Taco Bell restaurants in and around the Treasure Valley since 1969. One of the first to make a seven-figure donation to the Lyle Smith Society. They've also stepped up their support at Boise State Athletics with the Taco Bell Men's and Women's Basketball Endowed Scholarships. The Nicolaisen family and SON management have committed at least $310,000 by 2026. Get more information on their financial support at Boise State Athletics and find information on applying to work at Taco Bell at TacoBellWorks.com. Lithia Ford of Boise is a proud supporter of Boise State Athletics and the official car and truck of the Broncos. Lithia Ford of Boise supports Bronco student-athletes through NIL deals, including providing Ford vehicles to Taylor Green and Riley Smith from the football team and Paige Barsh from the volleyball team. Rain's family purchased RF-150 from Lithia Ford. Couldn't be happier with the purchase. Check out the all-electric F-150 Lightning or the electric Mustang Mach-E at Lithia Ford and make sure to check out their full inventory of vehicles at LithiaFordBoise.com. The Blue and Orange Store is the perfect spot to get all your gear for your next Bronco game. The Blue and Orange Store has official Nike apparel, including jerseys, shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, hats, and more. Wear what the Broncos wear and get it at the Blue and Orange Store, the second floor of the Boise Town Square Mall, or get free shipping on a $40 order online at theblueandorangestore.com. Ball Talk, Sanford, and Johnny. I want to get right to this because as a guy, as a man, I I respect Andy Avalos. I like Andy Avalos. I, I want him to do well in life. I, he's a good guy. I believe that. And you've been in this spot, and it sucks. And I've seen a lot of coaches that I've covered. You know, I've been a part of a lot of staffs that have been fired. And as a media member, you got to go on there and say, okay, who do you want to replace him? What they do here? And you got to dissect it, your side of it, because how hard is it and you get paid great money it's great look at the house you're living in i love it but how hard is it 
being a head coach when you don't meet the expectations. You, Western Kentucky, bless your heart, your first year, six and six. You sound like a Southern lady that was that saw me at church. Bless your heart, coach. Second year, second year, it didn't happen for you with the Hilltoppers. And in a rare instance, you were a G5 coach that got fired in two years. That like never happens. They don't have the money on the buyouts. Dudes probably wanted your ass out of there. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. I'm sorry if that was it. Hey, you're shot. You're shooting my you, vandals you, a little you, bit too. You look, you, I mean, it's a little. Your vandals are a little different than than Anne Marie, Peyton, Gunner, and Griffin having to move. Man, God, you're such a bad guy. God, you know, we thought that our life was going to be in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Cue the sad music. I'm just kidding, dude. Just real I'm, so I, I'm kidding too. But yeah, <laughs> you you get where I'm going, look, like. How hard is it? You want to come home from work. Your dog's there, but you're worried you're going to get fired. You see the writing on the wall. Your wife, wife's no stuff. She's oh, yeah. asking you about it. The kids, people are talking to them at school. Like, how hard is that when you're a head coach at a place and you're not meeting ex- expectations and you think, coach, the end, it, it might be near. It's hard, man. It's really hard. And, and I think sometimes you do actually feel like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, Um, you know, (laughs) to put it very bluntly. Uh, Have you ever thought about, like, somebody, like, or even just holding one leg and then just think about, like, having to run around and try to kick another man's ass? You just fall on the ground. Can't do it. it. And, um, you know, I I felt that way. I I can think about year two at at Western Kentucky. We had gone to a bowl in the first year. It was – didn't meet probably the standards of the previous season, but – very different than uh, than Boise State. I mean, Western Kentucky had had one win seasons in the last ten years, uh, a, a bunch of four or five win seasons, one really good season with Jeff Brom before he left for Purdue, and they went eleven and two. And I followed an eleven and two act, which is probably the first mistake I made because okay. the roster that was coming back after that eleven and two season was very different than the eleven and two roster, yeah. um, and, yeah. and so. You know, the, the thing that, that I did is I defaulted and, and fell back to my experiences. You know, Jeff Brom and Bobby Petrino had built that program mm-hmm. with the basically the 2016 version of the transfer portal, which was all JUCOs, you know, and grad transfers. And I, I, I fell back on what I had a comfort level with is recruiting really good high school players, play the long game, develop a culture, develop a strong sense of who we are as a family. And to be honest, because of that very decision in which my dad even asked me like, Hey, you got to talk to the athletic director and ask him, what are the expectations for this year? And that was in year two. And I didn't have that conversation and I should have had that conversation. Dad, why didn't you? Why didn't you? Because I believed in what I was doing and I was the head coach. He wasn't right. And in, in hindsight, should have You're not going to get fired year two. It's Western yeah, Kentucky. It's Conference USA. Thought. They don't fire coaches in two years. And yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But, okay. but when you when when you roll out 18 of your 22 starters on offense and defense that are freshmen or redshirt freshmen in their first two years of college, catches up to you. And where where I uh, could have in hindsight have have gone and and done the JUCO route, um, done the bounce back route. You know, college kids that got kicked out of an institution for unruly behavior, and then put them on a roster and just say, "Hey, the, the guy can run. You. That boy last can run and catch, he catch the ball down the field, coach." Well, well but last I, chance I, you, I Blinn gonna... College. Who you got for me, Blinn College? Where are you at, Coach Mahon? You know, I, I know the coach and, and we Blinn, did it. Yeah. We did it for four or five, you know, big needs, but we didn't do it across the the the, the entire roster. Which, really, in hindsight, we should have. I didn't want to. 
<laughs> you know, and I went down going the way that I wanted to, which was to try to build it. And what I did do is that, that all those freshmen and sophomores that were starting in 2000 and I believe it was 18, they went on to be unbelievable players in Western Kentucky, you know, had great seasons in 2019, 2020. It was, uh, who's the quarterback played for the Patriots came in yeah. and transferred Bailey in. Zappi. Yeah, Zappi. Bailey Zappi. They brought him in as a portal guy. We had probably the best offensive line in group of five. Cause they all started as freshmen. Um, and they were awesome by the time you they had got Mike to- white for one year my first season yeah. yeah the year you were good you had an nfl quarterback yeah, uh, and, and, then, uh, and then the next year uh, i have a the next year i have a i have a fifth year senior who yeah. waited his time and we open with wisconsin and he separates his shoulder in the second quarter and he's out for essentially the whole year and wow. so now we're starting freshman quarterbacks and and that's that's it, the hard part like i said is that you you're you're going home you know you see your dog there and you're thinking should i cuddle or should i kick it um, and, and you always choose cuddling cause that's, you know, the proper thing to do. Um, I know you Caleb, Caleb Williams, dogs. Caleb Williams always chooses to cuddle with his dog and watch a show. That's apparently the, the new thing to do with this generation. But, um, so, so I get home and, and, you know, my wife's in a panic mode. My, my family, my daughter now at, she's 13 now, but at the time she was, she was nine. She started she to understand. Did. Yeah. she started to understand what was going on and you know she's crying she's hearing about it at school um you know you you can't even avoid it in a small town like bowling green you know you have, you go to church and people are saying hey coach you gonna fix that offensive line and i'm like yeah they're gonna get older in a year or two okay bud all right thanks chief <laughs> we're all gonna uh, gain 17 the tackles are gonna gain 17 pounds in two weeks i'm with you you know like <laughs> Um, but, but I think, I think the hardest part is that your family back home is depending on you to do something and you find yourself sometimes in these seasons, six games in eight games in nine games in, and you're like, dude, I don't have the obvious solution right now. And, and my solution was find a way to get to year three. And that was the key. And so I I don't know if you know this, Johnny, I don't know if I've shared this on air. There was a, like a nasty article that came out in the Bowling Green Daily News and it was like citing anonymous sources, which anonymous sources always are the athletic director or president of the university. And it said that we had two remaining games. And uh, as the article was written, um, it said that if, if Western Kentucky wins both games, Mike Sanford's job is safe. If they split the two games his job is in the air and if they lose both he's done well we went out and we won both and we we beat louisiana tech in ruston louisiana nice and i and the players are all celebrating the players read this like the players knew this and like going to a team meeting knowing that your players are like yeah this guy right here is literally fighting for his football life right now wow and and you want to talk about having to to rally the troops I mean, that was the ultimate rally the troops. And dude, I'll be honest, those two weeks were the best two weeks that I had as a head coach at Western Kentucky because you you saw a team come together and you saw a team fight together. And the celebration in the locker room was like year three is an inevitability. And then you get the dreaded text from the athletic director that, you know, hey, can you come and see me on a Sunday? And then, of course, you walk in and it's not just the athletic director. He's got all of his people around making sure that I don't turn over tables. How Um, quickly did they say, coach, we're going to move on from you? Is it the first thing they say? uh, Yeah, you just know you walk in um, and, you know, whenever there's somebody else in the room, you're getting fired. Typically Um, the AD and somebody else. (laughs) 
it's not yeah. a good thing. You don't want two guys there because one guy's kind of called the heavy, if you will. Um, and uh, yeah, and I knew I walked in, I knew, and um, you know, I was upset. You know, I, I felt like we we had recruited really well. I felt like we quitted the place uh, to go be successful it's in years two um, at Western and, Kentucky uh, in Kusa. Conference USA, Kusa. It's a developmental league. I, I mean, I was pissed when you got fired after year two. I couldn't believe it, man, because me and you go back for your time in Boise, and I was really pulling for you. I watched your introductory presser at Western Kentucky. You flat out get up and you say, we are going to win Conference USA, and we are going to get a bid for a New Year Six bowl game. I did it in Boise. We are going to the New Year Six at Western Kentucky, and I think probably – the fan base was probably like, what? what's this? They probably didn't even know that existed there, but you came there and you said that at your introductory press or like, we're going to the new year six. I I was pumped watching it on, on the Facebook stream, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, but you know what? It all happens for a reason. And, uh, you know, like the, the, the last four years of my football uh, coaching career were, were challenging because, because once you get fired, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge because to go back to a coordinator spot or, you know, my dad got, um, he went to Utah state as the running back coach for Gary Anderson, you know, but going back to a coordinator spot, you feel like you're in a really interesting position because you've been a head coach yeah. and the head coach on that staff knows that you've been a head coach and they know that you have particular gifts and talents. So it makes like, it makes your interaction with the head coach and the roster really strange. Like it, interesting it, dynamic. it was yeah. weird, man. And it was, it, it was weird for, I think the first three years, you know, both at Utah state and then at Minnesota and, yep. you know, it, it just by virtue of, of what your career has been, you immediately become a threat potentially to the head coach with regards to, uh, is this guy trying to get my job? And shoot, I, I, to be honest, after I got let go of Western Kentucky, I just wanted to be around kids, man. Like even right now, like I, 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 I know it sounds weird, but you know, I, I got let go at CU and, and I'm coaching high school 3A football. In the state Joel Klatt's brother. Joel Klatt's brother is the head coach. And, and, and why, you're his why am I coach? And, and why am I do that? Because I, I, I truly love being around th this you know, this age group of, of young people. I mean, it, it, it is the only thing that I desperately miss. I love chalking up X's and O's. I love, you know, I love when a play works, like all that stuff. But what I learned through the years, you know, is, you know, the pats on the backs or the, or the curse words are directed at you on Twitter, whatever it may be like that stuff doesn't truly matter. What matters is the relationships. What matters is the, is the impact. Um, and that's why I'm like, as long as I can continue to check that box, even at coaching high school football as a volunteer at a three, a high school that just won a massive game to secure a league spot, league title spot at five and five here in three, a Colorado Mead high school football. Um, there you go. I'm happy, man, because I, I absolutely love just, just what coaching in its purest form can, can do. And, and, but and, Go ahead, man. Sorry, man. You just, I was thinking, by the way, four o'clock to five 30 Saturday night at the James in Boise is the BNN first annual meet and greet with coach Sanford, former Boise state players. But uh, you're down to chop it up with all these people who watch ball talk every week. You're going to be at the James and you know, come one, come all, you know what? I'll, uh, I, I just found out, and this is, uh, it, it might be a little embarrassing because I, I think I had 13 career pass attempts, um, I did hold for the uh, the highest scoring offense in college football for I think three consecutive years. Uh -huh. um, 
but I have been asked uh, by Darren College to to uh, do the blue chaos flag on Saturday night. So that's uh, it. So uh, Anne Marie, uh, I think she she she's going to join me up there, and um, I think it's going to be hilarious when the uh, PA announcer says Boise State backup quarterback. 13 career pass attempts and a tremendous holder uh, is raising the blue chaos flag. You got to tell him to mention that in your bio. He was the holder of three consecutive Boise State teams that led the nation in scoring. I wonder, yeah, because they have to throw in your coaching as well. I mean, you're you're probably known for being the Fiesta Bowl winning OC more than a, a, a back i don't know man they'll say both obviously but you, 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 you're on both sides of it i love it coach so you're raising coach sanford you heard on ball talk is raising blue chaos on saturday night That's and i get to great, i man. get to bring a piece of bronco nation news man the bnn family's uh getting a chance to to hoist that flag up and it, it is a tremendous honor it, it like it, it gives me goosebumps, uh, even though I've never seen it in person. Um, but just another opportunity to to interact with this with this amazing fan base. And I know that there's a, a lot of weirdness surrounding this game against New Mexico as 25 point favorites or 26 point favorites. I know there's a lot of weirdness with what's going on, but I'll tell you this: there's no better place to be on a Saturday night at 8 p.m. in the country than at <laughs> Albertson, Albertson Stadium. And I can't wait to see. You love it. Bronco Nation. So if you're on here right now, I can't wait to see you. And uh I and I can't and I and I can't wait to interact. Have you with ever you. raised a flag before? Well, my wife would tell you that I have a flag problem. Um, I I I currently own well over 50 flags and I change them out uh in front of our house on a daily basis. Right. It could be a Packers flag supporting my boy, boy Jordan Love. Could be the Nuggets flag right now. Is, wow, you know, I like uh, it. Got the Boise State flag up there on Saturdays. So I, I am a flag guy. My grandfather came over from Denmark. So when Denmark's playing in the World Cup, I have the Danish flag oh. hanging up there. USA flag. Uh, multiple USA. I have the U.S. soccer team flag. But I do not have an Idaho Vandal flag. And I never will. I can promise you that. Uh, that sounds like a future bet. We have a couple minutes left. Do we want to do circus sports pick six or do we want to answer some mailbag questions, coach? Let's do it. Which one? Pick six. Okay. Let's get into our I pick missed it last week, man. Um, last week we didn't do it, obviously. So two weeks ago, I don't know where you are on the standing. So let's just give our picks real quick on this coach. I'm going to start us off and I like the under. In UNLV versus Wyoming, the under Great is 50, 51 a and a half, right, a coach? I, UNLV scoring a lot of points against lousy teams. Bull ball in Laramie, I believe. I, I, this game could be played in Barry Odom's backyard for all I care. I think it's going to be close. It'll be under. Give me UNLV Wyoming coach under 51 and a half. Where are you going? I'm going Bowling Green at Kent State. That game's coming up in two yeah. days, man. Bowling Green is is middle of the pack in the MAC, and Kent State is having one of the worst MAC seasons with one victory on the season just against Central Connecticut State. Bowling Green is solely an eight point favorite. Kent State is is licking their wounds from blowing a twenty point lead against Akron, who is also one and seven, and now is two and seven. And Kent State is one and eight. I got Bowling Green. Locke will blow out the Golden Flashes of Kent State. 
All right, he's going Maction, Coach, I love it, man. All right, I'm going to get to the Big Ten. Michigan is a four-and-a-half-point favorite at Penn State. I like them. Um, I think they're going to play well, even though everything that's going on. Penn State's just that quintessential Big Ten team or that quintessential program. They can beat everybody but the best two or three teams in their league. And there's just it's they're just walking in and they're they're walking in slow motion when it comes to that. And I don't see Penn State beating Michigan. It's probably a whiteout. Beaver Stadium will be terrific, but Harbaugh's gonna come in there with a fist that's shaped like a mouth, and he's gonna have Michigan motivated. Michigan coach, they're gonna beat Penn State by five or more points. Who you got next? I've got SEC football, the home of clean, clean ethical football, right? That nobody's ever cheated in the history of that conference. Just a good, bunch of good old boys doing things the right way in the Bible Belt. <laughs> Alabama is going to Kentucky, and they are just 10.5-point favorites. Kentucky has struggled offensively, and Alabama has found something with Jalen Milrow. He is cooking. He is running. And he is the guy, and they are going to bludgeon the Wildcats. They're going to look more like the Wildcats. Alabama, 10.5-point favorites. I got them. I'm going to the American Conference, but it still feels like Conference USA for me. I'm talking Rice at Texas San Antonio in the Alamo Dome for the Roadrunners, the house that David Robinson built. I'm taking Rice plus 13.5, and and I'll tell you why. There is a brain trust going on at Rice. They never get blown out. They hang with teams. Their offensive coordinator, Marcus Tuiasosopo, and their quarterback, JT Daniels. They are a lot better. It's Rice. Nobody factors them in. They cover. I've had them the last two weeks as underdogs. They don't necessarily win, but they keep it close. You know Marcus Tuiasosopo. I know uh, the head coach. I know Tui really well. He's a great dude. Great coach. Their head coach, Mike Blue. Bloomgren's my best friend in the coaching industry, or at least in the top three. What? Yeah, we, he was Junior the, Adams. He was the op- he was he, we were together for three years at Stanford, and for me, three years is an eternity. Yeah, I, right. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the Big Ten conference. The Minnesota Golden Gophers are licking their wounds. Another loss for the boat rowers against oh, Illinois, and they're visiting Purdue. I think Minnesota is going to win this game. Mm-hmm. But the over on this game, a Joe Rossi-led defense by Minnesota and a Ryan Walters-led defense, okay. the over is 46 and a half. I think this is going to look a little bit more like Iowa Northwestern. I'm going under 46 and a half. And that under might get halved, and I got the under, and that is a pure lock. Book it. Put your 401k on it, and then donate that to the NIL collective at Boise state and thank me later. What a great idea. And buy some Bronco brew coffee circus sports pick six. Finally, Boise state, New Mexico, um, the spreads 26 on circa coach. I'm taking the under it's 60 and a half. And that just feels like, even though Boise state's defense can give up some points, special teams. I don't know what I'm going to get. I just don't see a shootout. I see Boise State maybe 34 to 20, maybe 27 to 10, something like that. I like the under 60 feels like a lot, especially with this Boise State passing attack now minus 
Eric McAllister. I don't think Genty is going to play. I don't know what's going to look. I'm going to play this safe, and I'm going to take the under. Where are you going with Boise State, New Mexico? To be honest, I think this line is outrageous. I think 25 points. Um, this is, you know, New Mexico, while they did lose to Nevada, I think, was it 27 to 6? Um, I think I think I still think New Mexico has Isn't the ability. There a worse to, loss? I don't know. Oh man, yeah, that's, oh, that, that's hilarious. But New Mexico, when you look at their the totality of their season, they do have the ability to score points. This defense still has that Rocky Long effect because of obviously Rocky Long's influence on on Danny. Is it Danny Gonzalez? Is that yep. the head coach at New Mexico? Danny um, Gonzalez. I, 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 Boise State's going to win this football game. They should. They're way more talented. They're a better program. But 25 points, I do not believe so. So I think it's going to be New Mexico plus 25 because that's an outrageous line. There you have it, our Circa Sports Pick 6. Just go to Vegas and stay at Circa. At least go hang out there. BJ Reigns and Bronco Nation News and Circa have a killer partnership. I've been down there. They hook it up for Boise folks. That's Circa Pick 6. Coach, I wanted to ask you another question um, was escaping me. Let me get back to what was I thinking. Um, Boise State, New Mexico. Yeah. Can you win in Albuquerque? And by win, I mean in a decade, you have two, maybe three, 10 plus win seasons. You have a couple bad years, but typically you're seven and six, eight and five, six and six type of thing. That job, I think, is going to be open. And I'll just throw a name like, what if there was a guy, if they made a push for like a Brian Harson? Harson wants to go to the Mountain West, yeah. Albuquerque, whatever the hell. Probably he's too, probably too big for this gig. But just kind of these gigs, you've looked at all these, you and your coaching buddies. I'm sure you go down the list. Could you win there? Yes. Can you win there? No. Where's New Mexico for you? That's a tough job, man. But Rocky Long made it cook, man. And I think the key to, to winning at the University of New Mexico is, is Hank Basket, Ryan Cook, and Brian Erlacher. Um, yeah. <laughs> there, there have been some good players. Yeah. Um, you know, and when I was at UNLV as a GA in 2005 and six, my dad was the head coach. Yep. Man, New Mexico was cooking. And they were, they were a team that, that was Montrell, Dontrell Moore. Don, yeah, who was that yes. running back? He was yeah. freaking good. Yeah, yeah. Had Dontrell good players. Moore. I actually liked this hire because of the Rocky Long ties. It just hasn't materialized. It's, it it's hasn't. been, and you know what's kind of strange is that the I think a very underrated hire was Jerry Kill at New Mexico State. Oh, um, he's hire. doing a he's doing a great job, and he's a great like strange niche head coach. Um, but he's taken a lot of the recruiting and just the shine of the program in the state of New Mexico away from the Lobos and given it mm -hmm. to the Aggies. And who would have thought it? I right. Mean, now, the thing with Jerry Killen, you know, like teams are scared to hire him for health reasons. Right. He had seizures. He was in hospitals. He was leaving in the middle of games. And it was scary, like legit. Like, I don't want to hire you and put you to this and have your, you know, coaches are crazy. You guys are maniacs. Yeah, I mean, how many coaches have health issues? It's like uh, going out of style at some point, right? And I think teams are scared to hire Jerry. Here we are on ball talk. We're talking about the New Mexico State. Um, That's why we call it ball talk. We call it ball talk because you just never know what kind of ball we're going to talk the, about. The Mexico State Aggies head coaching hiring practices. I love it, man. Um, Went 10 minutes over. Not too bad. A little bonus time because we didn't have a show last week. And once again, coach. Travel safe.
He will be in Boise this weekend. Mike Sanford is raising blue chaos before the game. If you weren't going to go, now obviously you are. And go to the James from 4 to 5.30 on Saturday for the BNN meet and greet with Coach Sanford. A lot going on there. Our day is finally over, Coach. You better be there at Albertson Stadium. And please get those decibel levels to the level I need it at because I need to raise that son of a gun. So I need some decibels. Bring the decibels. Are you going to do anything like raise the roof, fist pump, karate kick? Like, are you going to pump them up before you do it? Have you thought about this? Do you know me? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you think I'm just going to be like, Oh, here we go. Go Broncos. You're going to be hundred percent sober. I may or may not be. Yeah. 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 Play it by ear. Come to the James, right? If you're listening, come to the James and we'll, uh, we'll see. I love it, man. Uh, this is another edition of ball talk. Tell your friends, you can watch it whenever it's on the BNN YouTube channel. And, uh, he's he's coach Mike Sanford. I'm Johnny ball game. And, uh, there he is. See see you next time. Yeah. The muscled-up Johnny Ball game hitting the water. Let me see your gun, Joe. What are you packing, Coach? Take your Jokic sweatshirt off. Can you match that? You want me to – I'm not popping the top on ball talk, man. I may or may not before the blue chaos flag is risen. We'll see. You you have a tattoo, Coach? I'm yatted, Coach. I got got yats all over. I got the piece. I got the wrist piece. Got both shoulders done. I got my Frank Sinatra style microphone. I, my wife is dang near sleeve these days, man. I've, I, every time I'm like, oh, she's got another tattoo today. Amory sleeved up. No, I wish, man. She gets sleeve. We'll be. We'll be yeah, that's. I love the sleeve now. Uh, she's got it. She got to keep going because I, I love me a sleeve on a female. I was on a date once, and she was like, uh, you know, we thought I thought it was gonna it was gonna happen between us, and we were in downtown Boise, and I ended up getting this tattoo and she got one too we made it six months don't get a tattoo on a whim with a girl's initials that um you'll never see again but it makes for a great story here my current girlfriend my current girlfriend freaking hates it too obviously right you know i I should have made something up oh it has another special meeting but i told her one night it's a half a heart and when we got married, I was going to get the other heart tatted on. And she has one, too, on her on her hand here. And then she was going to get hers, and we were going to match them together. And I don't even think we made it six months, Coach. But we did it that night. It was ridiculous. Well, luckily, wow. luckily, Anne-Marie and I, in our dating life, plus our married life, have made it since 2002. So 21 yeah, you years guys have strong, been, you guys, Yeah, 21 dude. years strong. Well done. All right, Coach. Peace out. Enjoy. Uh, follow Coach on social media. You uh, you downtown Denver tomorrow? You on any shows? What's I uh, was today. Um, but yeah, we're flying out on Friday, so I'll miss my normal altitude uh, sports talk radio piece on Friday. Okay. Um, and, and I chose Boise over the Denver market this weekend, so I'm I'm really excited and uh, cannot wait. Except okay, for the dog ass vandals showing God, up. I I want Joe Vandal. God, he would pummel you, Sanford. God, I wish I could see that. You, you, I, he doesn't CrossFit five, six days a week like I do. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't have the ability to throw around two hundred and seventy-five pounds on the cleaning rack. Get out of here, man. Oh, I'm hey. way bigger now than I was there, but uh, yeah, BJ loves that picture. Like he never lets me forget that. Um, Sweet undershirt game, by the way. Really good undershirt game. 
Oh, you can see it on there. You can see the beater. Oh yeah, you got you got a solid undershirt game going on. Ah, uh, Coach Sanford. Uh, well, it's been it, it's been a heck of a show after the show. Tattoos, DAV. I mean, you can't you can't find this anywhere else. You can't this entertainment. You'd have to pay one hundred and fifty dollars in in New York City to see this kind of comedy. So here we are, man, just for free for the people. Dude, this is going to be freaking hilarious, man. So getting you in Boise this week, and I can't wait. What's pathetic? What me? Anyway, I don't even I care. I, I, I don't care, Mary. I think it's the tattoo. Is it? Is it the tattoo? Or you know what? Hey, what? What's pathetic? Everything about me? Yes. No, I. What I respect about you, Johnny, is most people that make tattoo mistakes don't ever fess up to it. You just fessed up to it to what's probably going to be viewed by over two thousand human being eyes. So, um, good, good on you. You're a real one. You fess up to your mistakes and you do it with incredible accountability. I absolutely love it. God, I could, I could be on your staff. I'd be a hell of a get back coach on the sideline. You know, I mean, you, you'd be way too, you're, you're way too ADHD, man. You'd be like, you'd be about six yards on the field. I'd, I'd be point. pulling you back. Would you put me in the booth? Oh, you, I mean, I, I'd like, probably, have, you, yeah, you'd probably have to be the doorman, you know, in the locker room to make sure no jewelry is stolen. Um, just to give, you know, yeah, that's horrible. I hate how kids how that's happening. I wish oh, the Pac-12 or somebody should have refunded those CU players stuff if you if you ask me. But all right. This has been a hell of a show. <laughs> it's been something. It's been something. I might have been good, might have been bad, but one thing I do know, Johnny, it's been something. Yes. I love ya. That's Ballcock, Sanford, and Johnny. <laughs>